0: we've
1: had a healthy amount of fortune kit episodes where we just listen to dumb junk or maybe it's unhealthy but uh one thing we haven't done is explored dumb junk from canada so we've got arlen thompson from wolf parade here to help us get a a, uh you know increased canadian perspective joining uh me alex
0: and dan here
2: navigate the trash pile basically just uh have a map of the dump, basically.
0: How would you define CanCon? Because something like Justin Bieber is not going to be CanCon, right?
3: No, Justin Bieber is like kind of like outside of that. Because there's you know there's bands that that have yeah kind of like crossed over and have become successful outside of Canada. So I'd even see say like you know you have like Destroyer or um, like Black Mountain Chupandroid. or androids or. You know, like there's all the indie stuff that, that came out of Canada. Arcade Fire or something that Grimes, Grimes I would yeah, say. Grimes. Yeah. So it's stuff that's like you know yeah, yeah. bands that will go and can tour Europe and tour United States and but CanCon I think is more like bands that that not only like the they're, they're kind of only with known within the ecosystem of Canadian culture. They just have not gone outside of that. Uh they don't have any interest really in going outside of that. Um so that's what I would say is, and, and, and you know, CanCon too is is like a, uh, a term that comes from that the government mandates that if you have like a radio station or like a broadcast, it, well, you do broadcast it, uh, in Canada, you have to play a certain percentage of Canadian music. So you have to, like, it's like forced by the government to do, to play CanCon. And it's a way of like protecting, what's well, the idea is it's protecting Canadian culture instead of just being, you know next to America, where it would just be, you know, most of these, you know, the money-making end of of culture would just only bring in American culture, you know. There'd be no point in playing any Canadian anything. So that's where CanCon's put in. That's
1: actually leads me... One of the things I'm wondering the most, uh, both Arlen and Dan, is like, do you think that having that's those sort of CanCon laws and having grants for musicians on a level that we don't really have in the U.S., do you think it leads to more shitty music, more good music, or it's like a wash because you get both?
2: I think it's a wash. Uh, I think ideologically, yeah, having grant supported uh, arts is key to uh, you know, like a, a climate where people can actually create things and get them put out, uh, no matter what their social background is or economic background or whatever. But unfortunately, this mandate of CanCon has created a ecosystem of the other thing that goes along with the music industry, which is the parasitical management class and PR people. And these people are, I mean, I blame less the bands and blame more of these people that they just function within this closed system and kind of profit off of it. So you've got managers and uh, PR people who are essentially taking grant money To have their bands make records and then, you know, profiting off of that, and then moving those bands to like grant-supported radio stations or whatever. And there's really there's no impetus to like break out of that mold. Like mediocrity is totally rewarded. That that's kind of what it ends up being. And a lot of bands. Yeah, maybe in. In
1: some sense, those like managers and shit are almost like rent-seeking off of the artists getting the grants in a way.
2: They definitely are, and and you know a lot of the uh, I I think the side effect is that like bands like Arlen was mentioning, you know, bands that you guys would know of, like like Grimes, Japan Droids, uh, Black Mountain, find themselves in a weird position at the beginning of their career where if they don't really play the game, then they have to go to America and get so much get get enough press and enough acclaim and enough record sales that they can basically justify their existence to the Cancon grant world who will then kind of begr- begrudgingly let them in you know that's usually how it works
3: there's also some weird regional stuff too where someone actually analyzed uh, at least for one of the uh, grant funding uh agencies in Canada that almost all the grants like something like 75 or 80% of the grants were given out to a six block radius in Toronto yeah oh geez (laughs) so yeah it's i mean i mean i still really support you know the system i think it's it's a good thing that uh bands can get you know funding to go on tour or to to make records um but it does have a lot of like weird issues and i think it's a lot better that you know there's been a lot of bands that have kind of gotten more you know critical praise internationally and been able to to kind of break out um but there's definitely like You know, the 80s and 90s in Canada was like a really weird, dark period. It was a bleak time, yeah. Yeah, like I know some... some, You know, I have a friend who had like a band, like a new wave band in the 80s. And if you were, you know, become a quote-unquote Canadian band, it was like you were like... Basically, you were never going to play the States. You were never going to get out of Canada. And even if you had like a, you know, a song that was getting some radio play or something, it was like a real almost like a kind of a ghetto, like you were just expected to be in yeah, Canada, be yeah. this Canadian band and just tour back and forth across, you know, from, you know, Victoria to, to Halifax, and Newfoundland and back like, you know, three times a year.
1: Yeah. In some sense, you guys are part of that first wave that kind of broke that mold then maybe of like Arcade Fire, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think broken yeah. social scene, things yeah. like that. Yeah. That yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think there was had a, had actual broader success.
2: There was, there was a small wave in the nineties, uh, with bands like, uh, I was can like only think Sloan, Sloan well, Jale, like and Eric's trip. Uh, there was like this it, East
3: Coast Halifax thing that actually Sub Pop was really uh, big on. Um, they were putting out a lot of records, like yeah, Eric's trip, and um, and that was kind of something that kind of popped up um, for you know for a, a couple of years, kind of around the same time as like grun- you know grunge or just kind of like yeah, slightly after kind of grunge broke. That um, was
2: really exciting for me because it was the first time I'd heard like uh, Canadian music from. Towns that weren't Toronto were Vancouver. That didn't totally suck, you know. Like, like it was nice to hear uh, a band that clearly listened to the same stuff that I listened to, that managed to get on Sub Pop, that lived in you know Moncton, New Brunswick, or whatever. That was
3: yeah, it like was, shows you that something's possible. And it wasn't like fucking Kim Mitchell or Dug and the Slugs or whatever, yeah. you know. But
2: that was all that was all steamrolled by um, some of the stuff that we're gonna listen to later on in the episode <laughs> it was a brief uh, moment where the sun shone through the clouds and then uh, and then the and the, and then the rain came in the form of nickelback you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> well maybe uh we'll get started with something that's a little fresher this I guess this um first songs from 2018 this guy I don't think he's a big enough artist to be getting grants I would assume because he's got like 20,000 views in two years so. There's a little more underground hip-hop here, I guess.
3: Yeah, it's very regional um, Vancouver Island. Yes. DIY hip hop scene.
1: Yeah, his name is Mr. Esquimalt, and the song's called Mr. Esquimalt.
2: So one thing uh about this song, the video for uh Mr. Esquimalt is not actually filmed in Esquimalt. It's filmed uh on a bridge. They call me Mr. That uh it's basically filmed in Victoria. Esquimalt squ- <laughs> is a suburb of Victoria, but he filmed he filmed his song "Mr. Esquimalt" in Victoria.
0: It's sort of like when Donald Trump said, "They will soon be calling me Mr. Brexit." You're not even in yeah. the UK. What are you talking? That's, about?
3: It's basically
0: <laughs> and is Mr. The Guy, you got to be from that place
3: Well, the 2 is kind of It's a real like, you know, working class uh, Kind of area of, you know, of a suburb of Victoria that's uh, it has got the big Navy base So it's been always kind of had like a pretty rough Kind of thing about it So I think he's trying to get his cred from being from Esquimalt, but he's actually, he wants the aesthetics of Victoria.
2: Yeah, Yeah. he (laughs) he wants that Victoria lifestyle, but that uh, Esquimalt street cred, you know? Yeah. Ironically, he does uh, have Esquimalt street cred in that he was a member of a gang that, according to the Times Colonist, quote unquote, terrorized Esquimalt for several years.
3: I like that iPhone carrier he has. It looks like a carrying a pistol yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious that's what Canadians have to settle for because
1: yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not uh, have guns everywhere
2: when you say you're strapped here uh, you, it means you have a
1: yeah I like in the hook where he's like yeah I'm from a malt. like you think he's like really being very defiant and bragging but I guess maybe he's just being defensive like yeah it looks like I'm in Victoria yeah. right now but yeah, yeah. I'm from
0: a exactly never put down i just
1: love what an unpoetic word esquimalt is like it's just a really funny look <laughs> to me is
3: that a times colonist page on his pants i think it is <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, for a guy who's talking about a mold he's sure representing Victoria pretty hard here.
1: They call me Mr. Staten Island.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I bet after this video uh, shoot was over, he just uh, took the crew all out for, like, uh, just tall mochas at being around the world, you know?
0: (laughs) This is kind of like when people work at Google, but they live in Oakland they're like oakland represent yes yeah that's exactly
2: what it's like (laughs) how much did it how much did it cost to close the bridge you think arlen Uh,
3: i think he actually made it because that's that's the new bridge so he might have filmed it before it was actually in service which is a real a real diy punk move you know
2: it's like I yeah,
1: dead. I wouldn't be surprised if this is just like 3 a.m. right now, so there's like minimal people around to stop him. And... Yeah.
2: Do
1: you guys know what that logo is on his hat?
2: I don't.
3: I don't actually know.
1: I gotta figure it has local significance or something, but it looks like RC Cola or something.
2: Yeah, it's an RC Cola hat. <laughs> uh, maybe junior junior league hockey. Does the Skwimold yeah. have a junior hockey
3: team? Pro- probably.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be. A I good remember guess. the
3: Squimal had the Tudor House. Oh, yeah. I, going, I used to go there and watch uh, like a WWE pay per views. That place is pretty rad. Yeah. I don't know if it exists sweet,
2: anymore. Sweet hang.
1: All right. So that was something, uh, you know, from earlier in his career. But here's a brand new song he just dropped.
2: It's very topical.
1: It's, uh, for some reason, billed as a COVID-19 exclusive, but I don't know what that means to be exclusive to COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it going to disappear after the pandemic?
2: Yeah. After There's you get no vac- vaccinated? Is There's it, no vaccine back- for this, this fucking jam.
3: Yeah. I think
0: <laughs> exclusive has become so watered down that people just think it means specific.
3: Yeah. So again, this, is, this is all victoria you know yes so it, again living that Esquimalt life by wanting the victoria aesthetics
0: you know
3: yeah. oh he's calling out the
1: government
0: dick riders i tell my daughters each day to remain vibrant respect
3: vibrant <laughs>
2: He loves this guy. Loves the words shackles.
3: Does he have a song about uh, doing time at Wilkie?
2: <laughs> he might. Oh, he's he's got he's got a fucking Whistler uh, Whistler sweater on. Very nice.
0: This
3: looks like a very upscale area. He's in.
2: Yeah, where is this, Arlen?
3: This is uh, this is down by like Bastion Square.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. It's like
3: one of its like the, the arcades he's one yeah, specific, specific square. oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah so oh we played right up there yeah <laughs> yeah so uh the last Wolf parade show in victoria was uh in that square
3: oh you should have guest listed mr esquimalt oh fuck we totally actually we should get we should just do a track with him yeah a feature featuring,
2: featuring mr esquimalt yeah
3: it looks like what happened here was he found
0: one specific alleyway where there's a gang tag <laughs> and most of the footage is to him standing in front of it yeah <laughs> and when he wanders out it's like oh this looks like a a very nice location yeah
3: i'm just surprised it's not like any more like boomers just like going for a stroll you know into yeah. like high vis you know that's that'd be more authentic victoria experience
2: i agree
1: they saw him and they're like oh this guy looks dangerous better stay away I'm gonna stay home.
2: Minorities, they had it bad, and then we stuck them with Trump. What is he talking about?
0: <laughs> what do, do you mean we? I thought you were Canadian.
2: I, oh no, I know what he's. I know what he's talking about because uh, Cambridge Analytica started in uh, their their main data server uh, was in yeah. Victoria, British Columbia. Yeah,
3: that, yeah, that kid yeah. from it. What's um what was his name? Um, was it like Wiley something? Wiley, Wiley yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's got.
3: Uh, yeah, he wrote a book, right? Yeah, he's a Victoria kid. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was like the Oppenheimer of Cambridge Analytica, where he was like, oh shit, what have I done? That's
0: right. His nipples are really hard. Yes. Yeah. Maybe he's trying to make a point about how it's cold and that's that's authentically Canadian.
3: He's rapping about a moderate climate and a reasonable (laughs) standard of living.
0: That's right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Wrapping about $7 pizza slices around the corner.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd have
1: to look up the lyrics to get more into the politics of it, but my impression from what I heard anyway is it's kind of like what you and me have talked about before, Alex, of like the kind of dumb guy politics of like butt rock bands, like when like Disturbed goes on tour or something, like and they do like the Make America Rock Again tour. It's like... They don't necessarily like it's hard to figure out what they think of Donald Trump because they a lot of them like say he's bad, but then they don't really have a coherent politics, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like people are fake, there's a ton of bullshit out there, and a fun of ton of fucking liars who say <laughs> one thing to your face and then talk shit behind your back. and That's why we get all got to get all those guys out of Washington who are fucking fake,
3: fake ass yeah, people exactly. in Washington.
2: Like,
1: yeah, that's what Mr. Esquimalt, um, kind of. Um, grabs me as...
2: Yeah, Trump is not unlike my friend Steve who didn't show up to my bail hearing. Like, just, yeah. a, just a, <laughs> like a fake friend.
1: Yeah, just some like weird apolitical reason to come to that conclusion that's like... It makes sense in his own head, but he could never like describe what it means.
0: Trump is like a guy who says you're, you're homies for life, then he blocks you on Facebook when you like too many of his sister's pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: well um, maybe, and actually...
0: Maybe, What's up? I
2: was, I was saying maybe we should go to the other end of the political spectrum in Canada for uh, for rap. Just, if Mr. Esquimalt is anti-Trump leftist, you know, then uh, you just have to, like, jump over the Rocky Mountains to find uh, the antithesis of that.
1: Yeah, let's look at something that kind of knows its politics a little more clearly here. This is... Um... Let's see, Ar- Arlen. Do
3: you kind of want to explain who this guy is, uh, Arnold yeah, well, Viersen? We need Ar- backstory. Yeah, <laughs> Arnold Viersen. So he's is a uh, Conservative Party MP for I think uh, somewhere in Alberta. Let me look it up. Um, and he is like your just typical. I, w- I don't know, right wing. He's like a he sells. He's like a bo- like sports boat salesman. Oh, it's in Peace River. Is he uh, literally
2: so. a sports boat salesman? Yeah,
3: yeah. God, that, that is just too on the nose. <laughs> <So> it, yeah, <laughs> he's so just good. absolute, total conservative cretin. Uh, recently got in trouble for uh, when a NDP, which is one of the Canadian kind of left-wing parties, one uh, of the MPs was um, basically trying to get uh, some stronger laws around uh, sex work to protect sex workers that he suggested that why doesn't she just try doing sex work? Like, he's a real fucking piece of shit. So And he made a rap about being a conservative. let's see if he's got bars.
0: Yo, conservative guys, conservative gals, you wanna leave this party? Gotta try to be like our pals. You gotta talk into the mic. You gotta tell us what you're like. You debate. Is he a corona
1: hat? I can't tell what that
0: is. Gotta fight the fight, gotta get the conservatives back in the light. Who's gonna talk? Who's up first? Who's got the gumption to slate our thirst? My name's McKay. Oh, I'm yeah. here to lead the wave. Now he's just talking. He's talking in oh, a reasonable, reasonably, reasonably low volume. Sure you can barely hear him.
1: Who's supposed to be the audience the for this <laughs> song? Oh, well,
3: yeah, it's Max like Bernier. the audience is definitely someone
1: who's never heard rap before. So this
3: guy Max Bernier, uh, lost the conservative leadership race, and then he formed a super far right party called the PPC, which is like pure anti-immigrant. Uh, total. He's a total fuck. Like almost like QAnon level fucking stupidity with that party. Oh god.
2: Well, his whole the the, the whole like. Uh, Maxime Bernier's like, whole cadre were all just like, every week it would be like, somebody would dig up a Facebook page of, of one of his people being like, um, Nazis and aliens are the same thing, and uh, the pyramids are like an energy accumulator that uh, erased 200 years of human history or something like that, you know, like.
0: we need a leader who can sing opera, Canada will prosper with
1: prosper. A hockey mom in the GTA?
2: Hockey mom in the GTA.
0: Morning, I work in the day, I work at night. Even when I play, doctor, minister, ma'am with a plan. Gotta save the children, gotta save the world, gotta save Canada with banners unfurled.
3: How long ago was this? This was probably for. Maybe before the last federal election, so it must be like twenty like a, a year ago,
2: eighteen maybe.
3: Oh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, who uh, recently uh, uh, got in trouble because, vote, because be uh, court green. or I no one knows, but uh, his boat basically crashed into someone else's boat and a, a bunch of people, people, and people of died, and he basically allegedly his wife was driving it, but anyways, I know, yeah, sure, yeah,
2: yep. Got we, got, right. we got Jason Kenny here, uh, t- yep.
3: got now Canada's provincial premier of Alberta. So this song was posted in 2016. Yeah, 20, yeah, that makes
0: sense. Anyone who has a boat wants to be the captain. That's the whole point. Yeah. They're never going to let someone else drive the boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that rock though. That was, I mean, that was
3: fucking terrible.
1: There's like 12-year-olds who record their first song in GarageBand, and it
0: sounds much, much better than that. Is it a Canadian thing that they still wear suits like that? I think it's a conservative thing. Because that used to be the Republican thing around the time of the Tea Party.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Where all
0: those young conservative guys would like wear the suit and try to look cool. Now they try to butch it up a little bit by wearing like a camo hat or yeah, yeah, you know, Carhartts and try to do working class stealing valor. <laughs> but I guess up there they're still like, they look like a, a pencil neck college boy. You saw I think the transition of that was happening during the Tea Party thing because
1: like when I lived in Missouri up to like twenty ten that was when you were starting to get the really good ads in Missouri where like conservative politicians would just like fire a hundred rounds into like a a bill or something you know <laughs> that like was the obamacare awesome. bill
2: was that that was happening
0: really oh
1: yeah, and it got even better like the twenty sixteen gubernatorial race i think in in Missouri is where the guy who won uh it's like this like Mounted like gun where you sit down at it and just shoot like thousands of rounds. Like he was just like shooting it into the forest indiscriminately in this (laughs) ad. And it's so fucking funny, man. Wait, I wonder if I can find that. Maybe we should just watch that right now.
2: That's worth watching. Uh, Have you guys seen that, uh, that video clip of, uh, it's just like a bunch of guys in masks on the, uh, on the steps of the Pennsylvania, like uh, state capital. Just waving AR 15s around no it's it's insane it looks like uh i don't know it just looks totally apocalyptic and so it's just like uh working class like fake working class grassroots like let's put america back to work movement and somebody today on twitter uh i would the main dude in the mask as the owner of like a super popular but shitty nightclub in pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> They're just basically like, yeah, none of these guys are like poor working class dudes. They just want to send their employees back to work to get COVID 19 and fucking die. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, go figure. <laughs>
1: So, okay, here's the little Eric tangent into Missouri from politics. Obama's
3: Democrat machine. They're trying to steal another Missouri election. But Eric Greitens is a conservative warrior. Always with and the and Oakleys with these man, guys. brings out the big guns. Eric Greitens, oh, a governor jobs, light, defend the Second Amendment, and, like, and yeah. It would be funny to do this as a
0: pro-logging thing. I'm Eric Greitens. Shooting it at the rainforest. oh can't use chainsaws to cut down trees anymore? Yeah, I'm just going to well, shoot them with bullets. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, that, ad,
1: that ad was like six years into the arms race of these commercials where it started with just handguns. Then it was like bigger, <laughs> like handheld guns. And then it was just the stuff you can't even hold that's just like so intense.
0: Just a gap, Someone should do tomahawk gun. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Suitcase
2: nuke.
1: You get nuke. the
0: Senate to approve a bill to like appropriate funds for military like white phosphorus shit for – local <laughs> Republican politicians ads. to <laughs> shoot in their ads. <laughs> that yeah. would get through easy.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, while we're still on the subject of conservatives, we got another great uh conservative rep from Canada here. Um do you guys know the background of where this is exactly? Like she's yes. on like a weird sound stage.
2: Uh she this is self-made and she's on, like a, she's a, she a con- she she's a she describes herself as a concerned mother. Is this really, really, um and she's basically like she's talking about uh the province's guidelines on for on transgender, transgender kids, bathrooms which i think they put in place in 2016
1: the uh, yeah the video was uploaded 2016 six, so that's probably right
2: yeah so she's mad about it <laughs>
0: she says drop an in information you know yeah. is this the same beat as that black eyed peas song or about pursue. how people lying and people dying and we all got to come this together is just a fender bender where is the love all over sex oh maybe gender. i don't know can we you pick have to
1: another issue Then to change our bathrooms for a few
2: i love that little drop at the end few listen
1: listen to what yeah. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> the great great, no
2: great
0: choice
1: they lead with more gal. their offspring keep their gender in the wild if we can't address male and female we've lost our purpose in life we fail if our children lose their identity this will be sad for our future you see my heart goes to the fatherless and abuse. i guess that's why we have some confused uh. i am a concerned mother of three keep male and female washrooms where our children can pee
0: God, that's my favorite part.
1: the enthusiasm gender, saying pee over sex and gender Where children can be reality <laughs> skewed and create identity confused.
2: Identity confused. Stand up,
1: stand up <laughs> children of grace, speak up and take your rightful place. Mothers and fathers the back I like all the, all the little like wide- I don't know what would you would call it Friday, but like the little flair that she adds to her line sometimes she kind of like almost laughs sometimes she's winded from like speaking
2: yeah she's clearly winded right at the beginning and, uh, yeah like
1: those little inflections like that just make it so great
2: it's a one woman show
1: this is just a fender bender all over sex and gender what about her destiny can we bring back
0: stability imagine if this was your mom Ugh, yeah good <laughs> lord
2: So this went totally viral in Canada. There was like,
3: uh,
2: you know, like
3: five, six, like big newspaper articles about it.
2: I think you'd be pretty bummed if this was your mom.
3: Yeah.
1: I like that lyric, what about our destiny? Like, what the fuck does that mean?
3: Yeah, I, I,
2: I, I found that video because I was you know oil, canadian oil is like i think it's negative 12 dollars a barrel now and i was thinking about the uh i was thinking about the uh all the culture of alberta like that we're going to lose when it when it just implodes because its main industry is gone
1: yeah that's the point of this episode is to catalog the culture
2: yeah we need someone needs to bear witness for the aftertimes you know like
3: It'd be so. like when you're like wandering out in the desert and you've come across these like ruins of like an ancient Assyrian culture or something and you just wonder like, who were these people? What did they think? Yeah, like, what were their lives like, like? What were their lives like? You know, they're, they're you know, thinking about fender benders with gender. You know, right. or they, it's like they um, won't surrender. that
1: poem, Ozymandias, like the look upon my works in despair. In despair. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but the um, the statue is just going to be Mr. Esquimalt's RC Cola head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> totally. Over the blasted ruin of Victoria Harbor. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like, well, it can't be from Esquimalt. We uh, found his remains in Victoria.
2: Yeah, they'll, they'll uh, lionize him as Mr. Victoria.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: That's why yeah, that's history. A, a, that's why history is bullshit.
1: Yeah, it's a profound <laughs> lesson about who writes history.
2: History wow. is written by whoever finds the RC Cola hat. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess we're gonna kind of pivot here, though. That's a pretty good journey into rap for today. Now we've got—is this like uh, early '90s here, Arlen? Uh,
3: yeah. I don't know. Maybe even like late '80s. I think this is like.
2: Yeah. It's
3: got to be early 90s. Mm, I don't know, I have to look it up. But uh Yeah, this is kind of like real getting into the cancon kind of world of like hip music in Canada in yeah, like say 19 93 know, 19, 1993. Oh wow, it's that late, huh? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the lame. So this okay, is Okay, I thought it was earlier rest- that. Yeah, 93. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, the rest so of good. the
1: world is listening to Nirvana and uh, has just discovered Radiohead. Yeah,
3: so I, I thought and, this uh, was going to be pre-Nirvana because I thought Nirvana would have like destroyed this world, but apparently not in Toronto, not, baby. Not in Toronto.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were fucking with Moxie Fruvis here, so let's check it out. A different kind of lame than I was expecting. I'm was the yeah. now, I eat pie. And now i work at the pizza pizza that's a very local reference <laughs> this is some fucking like paul simon graceland shit
3: so this is like real toronto you know
2: yeah do you want to look into the uh, the fucking dark soul of toronto just uh Watch. This is what
3: happens when you have orange men Run your province for 150 years Yeah, yeah. yeah these expressions Damn. of culture
1: Um that venue that we talked about Before The name is escaping uh, me right now
2: Uh the El Mocombo
1: Yeah like the reopened version of the El Mocombo Do you think these guys would do like their 30th Anniversary show there
2: Well not now because uh, One of the members is notorious Uh sex criminal Uh Gian Gameshi, who used to be a, uh, a sort of cultural icon in Canada until he was uh, disgraced. They're gonna have
1: to uh, replace him. Maybe one of you guys can fill in for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a hot take, but this song is probably the worst thing he's ever participated in. <laughs> that's a pretty, is that, that fucking bad? That's a it pretty fucking good blows hot take. ass. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's awful. Now the me up to drive the Moxie
1: level. Fruvis, 30th anniversary show, doing their al- hit album in full featuring Dan Beckner.
2: I would kill myself before I let that happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this shit sucks.
2: Yeah, so this was happening at the same time uh, another sort of busking influence band was kind of blowing up in Canada, which is Bare Naked Ladies. So this this was what was cool in Toronto. Just yeah, the coolest if thing yeah. you If you're going do. to
3: like Carleton University and you're you're out, out on like frosh night in 93, this would just <laughs> yeah. be like your jam. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's Bare Naked Lady's core. At Which point my peasant friend who looks just like me arrives so we make a switch. Uh,
1: Jesus
0: Christ, this sucks. <laughs> this is children's music. I know. What, what is, is this I bullshit? Oh my god, I man. A
2: position. So next time you drool in the pizza line, remember slower pizzas were luscious. The King of Spain never rushes. Once I was the King of Spain. Now I
1: uh, yeah, this is literally children's music, and not terrible. like ten-year-olds, but like five-year-olds.
3: Uh, now I eat and now I'm jamming with Moxie Once he was the King of Spain.
1: Oh, did they drop their band name at the end of the song? There,
2: they sure did.
1: It's kind of like a uh, self-titled, just like Mister Esquimalt. Yeah, that's bad. that's <sighs> that was, yeah, a, that was it's a bad really hair.
3: not good at all. No,
1: I thought it was gonna be like a rock song going into it, just because it was the early '90s, and that's what like popular culture
0: was but apparently yeah i thought the intro was gonna be funny and then it was gonna go into like a standard rock song nope no it's just like fake what what even is the genre of that like
3: what do you yeah what do you call that i don't even know
0: uh busk core busker core busker core yeah it's like sort of reggae kind of sounds like i want candy
1: yeah it does actually that's the kind of band where after their show you go up to the band you're like dude that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) Your set was so funny, man.
2: (laughs) I can't tell you how much I like that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The way you guys danced around like fucking idiots and sang that shitty children's music was so funny, man. (laughs) Oh, Toronto. All right, so what do we have here? This one is called Moist, or the band is Moist, and the song is Silver.
3: So this is like Vancouver, kind of like post-first wave of grunge. Uh... This is like the Canadian inter- interpretation of it. So You've very, very earnest, very moody.
1: This is going to be like more like what I was expecting from the last video. At least it sounds like it's from the 90s. That yeah. last song just sounds like fucking trash.
3: So close your
0: eyes.
3: Your Christ has come
2: this would, this would have been about a year after King of Spain came out.
3: Probably played Molson Fest together. Oh, definitely. <laughs>
2: I just, I, I can't handle this guy's voice, and I never could, you know?
0: It's very weird. It seems very try-hard.
2: He's got, he's got kind of like a gremlin wizard thing going on.
0: It's like a voice you would give a singing puppet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> An evil singing puppet.
0: I'm surprised
1: there were no puppets in the Moxie Fruvis video.
2: I think there were at one point, actually. Mar- <laughs> Marionettes. Christ. I think you just missed oh, no. it.
0: Oh, no. This song is so melodically claustrophobic. It's like four (laughs) notes the whole thing.
2: He doesn't even go for the high note in the chorus. Oh man, the the piano too. Just such a shitty choice.
3: It could be so earnest. Yeah, the piano sounds awful. It would be so earnest in the 90s. I don't think you can get away with that these days.
2: Mm -mm. What is this accent? This is not a Vancouver
3: accent. He's from Montreal, I think. Is oh, really? it? Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. Like,
2: originally.
1: Yeah. So it's the way he sings seems to me like a total put on. Like, I would assume that his like speaking voice sounds very different, but I'm just guessing.
3: I don't think I've seen this videos and says about 16. Oh, there's Biff Naked. Oh, famous Vancouver, Biff Naked. Vancouver legend. Who is the uh, Sony PlayStation? Uh, whatever mascot for a hot second in the late 90s oh interesting
2: <laughs> i lived in her old apartment in vancouver uh, for about a year
3: oh also uh john goodmanson uh uh produced one of her or mixed one of her big songs and had lots of good biff stories
2: yeah that's true oh he's losing it yeah this song is mixed so terribly everything sounds so small and shitty
3: man so much emotion
2: it's weird that this video ends with a lingering shot of a dude who's watching the show and who has just like kind of been holding his breath the whole time and then finally breathes i don't know what the significance of it is like he's like wow that was an amazing show guys it's so so odd
0: it sounds like black by pearl jam like they heard that and then thought one, it's not serious enough. <laughs> and two, it has too many hooks in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then try to just recreate yeah. it.
1: Yeah, at least to these guys' credit, they sound like B-list 90s guys. Like, they at least knew the broader context of what's happening in the 90s. I'm still just, like, blown away, away by Moxie Fruvis and how, like, insular and weird and shitty that was.
3: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really... I, that's uh... I meant at the beginning, though, that Canada, uh, it's kind of like, there's a there's a kind of cultural thing here that is somewhat insular here even though we have a huge influence from america but people think that like moxie fruvis is like normal because it's presented to you as normal but you don't realize because you're not outside of the canadian cultural bubble that it's actually totally freakish and weird and shouldn't really exist at all but it's like (laughs) a weird like stockholm syndrome with bad music that really kind of plagued this country for a long time and yeah, still, this is
1: are bad music.
2: I would say still plagues this country to this day.
3: Could be true, yeah.
1: All right. This is uh, the only one that I had recommended in this whole set that I've just discovered on YouTube some years ago from just watching terrible like butt rock. Um, this is a band that was discovered by uh, Chad Kroger from Nickelback. And I assume they're on his
2: label. or whatever but he's definitely the one who discovered them I think they were on 604 records yeah
3: were these guys big in the states like do you know who these guys are were they a thing
0: in those circles sort of like if you're listening to butt rock radio in the 2000s you would probably Mm -hmm. hear them yeah yeah
1: they definitely had exposure but
0: unless you were into that you were not probably not gonna hear any crossover singles this
1: one like the song itself is terrible obviously but this one's like extraordinary for the lyrics so
2: sick of the Dude,
0: he looks like the guy from Lazy Town.
2: The first Ooh.
1: time I heard this, I thought that the chorus was gonna flip it around where he like learns a lesson, but it never does, and it actually just turns out he hates homeless people, he hates his wife, he hates everyone, and there's no like oh moral. That's just how the world is, you know.
3: So this has got a real fake, fake alleyway vibe to it.
1: Oh, yeah, they got money behind them. Unlike yeah. Mr. Esquimalt, they don't yeah. have to just stand in the middle of the street.
2: Are these guys Vancouver-based?
0: Where are they from?
2: Oh, they're
0: from
3: Guelph. They're from Guelph? Oh, fuck, this is definitely not Guelph. The weird
0: thing is that all country sounds like this now. Yeah, that's true. Wow. It absorbed this into itself because it absorbed oh, a- every other genre that stupid white people who pride themselves on being incurious... Ever liked. So, like hair metal, uh, early 2000s butt rock, yeah, just, all that shit. It Just, brings just put that a into fiddle it.
3: over top and, you know, it could be like a remix. Those guys are not construction workers. <laughs> Those high visits are way too clean.
0: Everything it looks so fake. Looks like Sesame Street. God, this guy's fa-
2: This guy has the face of an asshole. You know.
0: He looks like Morrissey, but if he was just angry instead of sad.
2: The Ontarian Morrissey. I've never seen this before, and it is truly.
0: I heard this song, but I never heard. Th- I never saw the video. Wait a second. Theory of the Dead not from Guelph. They're from Delta. Oh. This is sort of a ripoff of "Get a Job" by.
2: Uh, the yeah.
0: offspring man that blows chunks <laughs> and then there's fake skywriting writing in the sky that says i hate my life and it's obviously just like the spray paint tool and ms paint
1: <laughs> yeah i think theory of a dead man's clearly like the first band we've listened to today with like a true budget behind them you know like a huge budget
2: yeah i think i feel th- Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but when I was when I was a teenager, I thought like I remember watching that Moist video and thinking that uh, you know they they had like millions of dollars behind them. But now, now in retrospect, like maybe not.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was terrible.
2: Yeah, that that might have been the worst one so far. Uh, Mm, Moxie Moxie Fruvus is still the worst.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I agree that they're the
3: worst. Yeah, Moxie Fruvus was worst. There's just
1: we've had so many different flavors of bad, but Moxie Fruvus really
3: took me by surprise and just made me mad. Because so there's almost nothing to compare it to with Moxie Fruvis. Like, what? Like, there's no... Like, it's easy with, like, Theory of a Dead Man or, like, all the Yarl rock bands. There's other y'all rock bands. But Moxie is just kind of its own, like, singular shittiness.
2: Yeah, it's a terrible uh, terrible anomaly that appeared that has no future and no past, you know?
0: You could compare it to The Wiggles, maybe. <laughs> which is worse than. <laughs> or other music by Me too guys. Which it's also worse than. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's see. Last but not least, we've got Default, Wasting My Time. And Arlen, is this one sort of in the same vein as um, the last song?
3: Yeah, this is all post Nickelback. You are all rock. So You've probably heard this. So,
1: maybe. I, I'm not sure, actually. I, I think Default
3: out. is a 604 records band, too. So I think they're all they're all from the same, same pool, cool. let's same check gene it out. pool.
0: I wonder if this was on the Buzz Ballads commercial. I feel like it was. They used to air between The Daily Show and The Colbert Report in, like, 2007. Yeah. And it was a, a CD collection of live lightning crashes and goo-goo uh, dolls and all that kind of shit, like post-grunge ballads. I think this is where I heard that.
2: This band won a Juno for this album. Ooh. Uh, best Breakthrough Artist of the Year. And Juno is uh, the sort of direct-to-video Canadian version of the Grammy Oof.
1: Yeah, this budget looks on par with uh, Theory of a Dead Man.
3: Whoa.
1: Maybe not because it's even lame. inside a fucking
3: watch. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> looks like shit, dude.
0: There was a Nickelback video like this too, where it was some clumsily executed concept about someone who had a watch that could stop time, or like they knew when people were gonna die because of like a watch face in the sky. And it's a bunch of slow motion and really bad effects. You're not sure what the point is. This is another one, like Moist, where like I understand the
1: paradigm that they're operating inside of, you know? They're just like also-ran kind of butt rock guys.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a very like beige Canadian approach to uh, a style that was popular.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ballads by these bands always had the most cobbled together verses. And then the chorus that everyone recognizes, yeah, exactly. but everything before and after that is just like a G chord and a C chord. Yeah, yeah you that's... write
1: the hook and then you just put in some filler for the rest of it.
2: Yeah, just a just a rough jumble.
1: God, like the CG effects when they're inside the watch are so shitty.
2: What were, what were people so upset about in 1998 in Canada? No kidding. I was thinking about that with the Moist video too, 1994. What was going on?
0: 1994, they were probably mad that they didn't get invited to Woodstock 94. <laughs> In 1998, I think everyone was mad that Infinite Jest was too confusing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's about it. Also one of their Final Fantasy 7 discs got scratched, so they couldn't finish it.
2: <laughs> Wasting my time. Yeah, this song is about uh, getting three quarters of the way through Infinite Jest and throwing it out the window.
3: So earnest. Oh my God. Well, that sucked.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Not great. Yeah.
1: I think that's the lesson here is like these Canadian bands who are just like the B sides of other well-known bands, you know, there's, there's nothing, they need something more special like Moxie Fruvis or even Mr. Esquimalt where I'm not going to forget these guys, you know?
2: Yeah. At least uh, Mr. Esquimalt is entertaining on, on a level, you know,
3: yeah, like a band like Def- named Default is going to be, you know, it's going to be pretty forgettable. I think just by their, yeah. just their name, it's just like... Are there parallels
0: you know. to this dynamic elsewhere in the world? Definitely. Like, are there New Zealand bands that copy Australian bands and they, like, really want to break into Australia?
2: Definitely. I mean, there's definitely... I, I mean, I know for Europe, at least, there's, there's um, a... The same, especially in Scandinavian countries, there's the same phenomenon of um, sort of like state-supported music that is just a carbon copy of whatever's popular, but is just slightly shittier, you know? Uh, I'm I'm sure there's like a Swedish equivalent to default from the same year.
1: I'm looking at the comments on Moxie Fruvis. There's one where someone's like, someone should make a version of this song for Harry and Meghan Markle and it's just inserting their names into the lyrics of the chorus.
3: What?
0: That doesn't make when, sense cuz they're not they're rich as shit. When was that comment made? They're just rich celebrities living in America. It now. was 3 months ago.
3: I'm I'm just amazed that anybody other than us was watching that YouTube video. You know. There's
1: plenty of comments like still bumping this in 2019. Foxy, that's what I
3: mean. Canadians <laughs> don't know. If you're know. bumping
0: that everyone around you wants to just strangle you to death.
3: There's some, it's, you know, it's just very like Canadian Gen X, you know, some 45 year old mom who's just like going back to her like first year university at, you know, University of Alberta, just reliving it, listening to some Moxie Fruvis. I feel like this
1: one's also telling, back when They Might Be Giants had a chat room, a few regulars, probably Canadians, expressed their love for this band. I never got it. (laughs)
0: that's the worst gen x comment of all time oh god here's a good one though
1: (laughs) always loved this song bouncy happy fun i wish i could have been on bloor street watching them film the video
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a kind of stockholm syndrome with this music i think
3: like there's so much other good music that was coming out in 1993 at least that you know what you could be listening to. Like, I just don't know why, why you'd listen to this.
0: Yeah. Even in Canada, in within Toronto, in that specific neighborhood, even on Bloor you find street, something better while they that.
1: were filming the video, you could probably find something better playing in like a store. But cool. I think we've uh, discovered just what makes Canadian music so shitty. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Or the depths of it. There's some good Canadian yeah. music for sure, but I mean, yeah. actually.
1: I still kind of wonder overall. I gotta figure in general, it's a wash where like the amount of shitty bands in Canada is probably directly proportional to its population, in the same way the U.S. is, right? Like, I really don't think the U.S. or Canada has worse or better music. It's just like you know, in proportion yeah. to the population.
2: There's just a specific quality to the shittiness of Canadian shitty music.
1: I feel like I'm gonna listen to a Mr. Esquimalt's self-titled song like five more times, and then two weeks from now, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, it's kind of good."
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be, and then you'll be commenting on the uh, Moxie Prüvis video, you know?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and 20 years from now, I'm gonna be commenting on that YouTube video, just like, "Oh man, I wish I was on that street in Victoria when he was filming this."
3: I'm just surprised I've, I haven't ever heard of him uh, performing live at all, or in uh, on the island here. They've got uh one giant music festival now that's um like is you know in Canada you could have uh, cannabis product sponsorships so that's the new new game with culture is getting cannabis sco- uh, sponsorships and uh, I've never oh, seen interesting. Mr Mr Squimaltz. they had like uh who was it the last uh Cypress Hill they had okay. Cypress Hill yeah, it's, uh I don't know if Snoop Dog played yet but but no Mr Squamalt so he's got to get on that. That cannabis yeah, he's gotta get after this paper.
0: Maybe he's straight edge.
1: I hope not. Then I'm not gonna be a fan of him anymore. He's not cool enough. He only
0: does math. Yeah,
1: okay, then I'll be a fan of him again. <laughs> Alright, Arlen, thanks for stopping by though and introducing us to the many wonders of your homeland. <laughs> <Sunset> <laughs> That's what I'm strippers on the sunset strip.